0: Welcome to the New Books and Political Science podcast. My name is Heath Brown, and today I'll be talking to two, uh, one of the editors of the, the co-edited volume, Black Politics in Transition, Immigration, Suburbanization, and Gentrification. The book is published by Routledge University Press. Uh, the two editors are Candace Watts-Smith and Christina Greer. I have Candace on the phone with me today. Candace, how are you doing?
2: I'm great. Thank you, Heath. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, you have been on before. Uh, your co-editor uh, has also been on before, but this is a chance for you guys to come together. Uh, I'm sure what was a fun book to put together. Maybe you can just uh, remind us uh, about uh, your background and also uh, uh, Christina Greer's.
2: Okay. So I am currently assistant professor of public policy at UNC uh, Carolina Chapel Hill Um, And I study racial and ethnic politics, but also social policy and inequality. And I guess I suppose I should mention, just kind of because we're talking about this book, is that uh, I come from people who come from Mississippi, Mm who moved to Chicago, who moved to North Carolina. So um, this this, this project is near and dear to my heart because... I'm not really sure we talk enough in in political science about um, just kind of the political geography, especially in, in black politics. Chrissy um, is associate professor of political science and American studies at Fordham. um, And she, uh, you know, we have so many overlapping uh, interests in black politics and in, the diversity of Black politics, and she's just also an expert on local politics and in urban studies as well.
0: Yeah, she sends her regrets uh, uh, on uh, not being with us today, but we're going to try to make do uh, and and do the best our uh, job to talk about this really really interesting book. Uh, the uh, the title. Uh, suggests a change in black politics, but it also alludes, in some ways, to a change in the study of black politics. I wonder, when you were thinking about this volume, um, what comes before the transition? Um, w- where has the study of black politics been in the past, and you know, what what have been the the prominent themes then? And then we'll talk about uh, the transition to kind of what how you guys are putting together uh, your your book.
2: So I. That's- I would say that over the past couple of decades, political scientists, especially folks who study black politics, have really leveraged national level data to tell us all sorts of really important things about black political behavior, um, black, ide- you know, black ideologies, uh, representation. Uh, Uh, You you know, uh, questions around Congress. And, you know, once Obama came in, obviously, what a black president meant to American politics and black politics in particular. But I think that in that we kind of lose the nitty gritty and the details that happen at the local level. And so, um, you know, historically, if we kind of think about Du Bois, and of course we can debate if he was a sociologist or whatever, but, um, you know, his work was at the local level. Um, Drake and Caton were at the local level. And so I I think we need to do more of that work because there is more diversity and variety um, in Black politics, and we see it best. I think, when we look at the local level. And so I was really motivated to highlight that and highlight the work of people who are um, showing the complexity of Black politics. It, it, it looks homogenous at the national level. But when you get down to the street level, to the neighborhood level, to the city level, you really get to see um, variety and, 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 and diversity.
0: Now, this suggests the, the, the opening for your uh, exploration of these, these transitions. Um, you have three major sections. Uh, they may not actually fall into three sections, but three uh, major sort of themes throughout the book. What are those, those categories of transition, and, and why were these the most important to include in the book?
2: Well, and I, I want to be careful to say that immigration, suburbanization, and gentrification may not be the most important issues in black politics i mean i think those are probably issues around equity and you know policing education but i think it's been overlooked the uh, the what happens when people move around what happens when people are interacting with people that they may not have interacted with before? What happens um, when people are uh, uh, provided a greater opportunity to move to a different space? And so that that's why this book focuses on immigration. And, and immigration here means both the immigration of... Um, newcomers non-black newcomers to the US as well as people from the diaspora um suburbanization is a reference to the fact that um we tend to think about blacks as being uh in, located in uh highly segregated inner cities and uh most black people actually live in the suburbs and there there needs to be kind of more uh, attention to that. And then gentrification is um, maybe just because I live in Durham and I kind of see the effects of gentrification is what happens when um, upper class and white folks move into what have traditionally been predominantly black neighborhoods? What are the new dynamics there? What are the new challenges there? So we're just kind of motivated to think about perhaps these issues that haven't been highlighted that ought to be.
0: Yeah, and you know the there's this uh, great section of the book about about Durham itself. Um, now in every great edited volume, there's usually some great origin story. Uh, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how you found the authors of the chapters of the book. Uh, was this the result of a, of a workshop or, or some other process to to call these experts together. So g- uh, give us give us your origin story of this book.
2: So I, I, to be honest, I really think that it's important um, to highlight work on the cutting edge of research. But I think that and you can tell me what you think Keith, um that sometimes that work gets marginalized in major journals. That people want the cutting edge, but when it comes around people say, "Well, is this really a thing or is this really worth studying? Um, and so I felt that these authors were doing work at the cutting edge of Black politics, that they were asking questions that we don't typically get to ask in the JOP, in the APSR, in AJPS. And so um, that's that's how they were, they were chosen, that these are experts in an area that just isn't, you know, that areas that
1: aren't getting enough attention but ought to be.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, this is illustrated by um, uh, some non-political scientists among the authors of, of these chapters, sociologists who are uh, weighing in on black politics with as mm-hmm. much authority as, as political scientists and probably relates to, to, that, to that, very, that very point that you just made. Uh, now, the first major section of the book is, is focused on immigration. And, and the chapters are, are written uh, by Sharon Wright Austin, uh, uh, Corey Charles Gooding, Um, Maybe you can sort of talk a little bit about what what you learned from from these authors about how uh, immigration has changed Black politics in recent times.
2: So this section of the book, I think, helps us, again, to understand, they, they do two things. They help us to understand the political ramifications of ethnic diversity among Blacks. And that's something that Chrissy and I have both written Bo- both written books about as has um, as has Sharon, um, but it also th- these works tend to be focused on New York City, and Sharon's. Sharon's chapter is focused on New York City but Corey's is not and 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 by juxtaposing the two we really get to see um, how location and um, density of a particular group can influence people's identities can influence um, whether people think that it's worth uh, piping up for their ethnic group or is it better to just kind of um, blend in and and have a greater kind of racial consciousness. I don't think that we would get to see this diversity if we only focused on a place like New York City. Um, And and, and so I think that's one of the reasons why um, Corey's work, generally speaking, is so important because it challenges us to say and highlight the diversity, the ethnic diversity of Black folks across
0: the country. Yeah, you mentioned this before, uh, but the suburbs are a major part of of the book, uh, and I think a surprise for those that that haven't been studying uh, black politics closely. Uh, we yeah. learn a lot in this book about suburbanization, and we and we don't just learn just sort of some demographic patterns. I learned some very surprising things, things that were different from what my expectations were about mm-hmm. the, the black politics in the suburbs and then the uh, politics of, of uh, African-Americans who have moved to the suburbs compared to those that are living in cities. Um, were you surprised at all by some of these findings about, about attitudes and, and levels of, of sort of radic- uh, how, how radical one's politics are based on where one lives?
2: Well, I mean, for example, Ernest Ernest's chapter, um, what, what I love about it is he goes, let's just re-look at all of these things. And, you know, gives us a really great retrospective that I think that we have made some assumptions um, and using the kind of, um, maybe, you know, the methods, you know, um, that we weren't able to use in the 80s and 90s, right? Um, And just to kind of re-look to see if, Black suburbanites are more conservative, as many suggested they did. Um, but also what Ernest does in, in in his chapter is to say, you know, we tend to think about Black suburbanites as being so far away from Black people, and really they weren't. And even just kind of reorienting ourselves to... Um, the the idea that the uh, the the kind of geography of opportunity did expand with you know the fair housing laws and other anti-discriminatory laws but didn't expand that much it expanded right off of the periphery and so um his work does kind of a really good job of of highlighting that ruell's work also, on suburbanization and, and I like that they 're together because they don 't totally agree with each other mm-hmm. um, and it's and it 's just kind of worth thinking about well, if we look at it this way, we might see it you, you know and, and a- as people being more radicalized. if we look at it another, we can see people actually differentiating themselves and again um, it's it's these things are worthy of study and debate in order for us to better understand the evolution of black politics and what our expectations are moving forward. Um, so, so that's, that's what I loved about those two chapters and, and having them in conversation with each other.
0: Yeah. I mean, the other thing that that we learned is Rell uh, Rogers is a, is an excellent writer. I mean, not, oh, not just God. researcher, but just the, the quality of the prose as, as his editor yes. for this volume yes. um, must, must have been really enjoyable because just the, Uh, You know, you read a lot, and you read a lot of great research. Not all of it is um, as well written as his chapter is. It was just uh, such a pleasure (laughs) uh, to read the the prose. The final section of the book is is focused on gentrification. Um, As you mentioned, you live in a gentrifying area, as do I in Brooklyn, New York. Um, Is what we are observing in in Durham and Brooklyn uh, indicative of how gentrification is working across the country? Uh, Some of the, the... chapter research uh, t- takes this look at a more national level and 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 how do things look uh, in terms of gentrification and, and where people are living uh, across the country
2: so I would say that um, maybe gentrification i think is you know our, sh- our is our shortcut word for kind of neighborhood change and we we typically think about gentrification as um, like middle-class white folks moving into, you know, different neighbor, you know, neighborhoods that are, have been predominantly black. Um, and we, and you know, we use this word gentrification, the title, because you can't say um, immigration, suburbanization, and racialized neighborhood change. <laughs> right. And so I would say that really the chapters are about that. And, and also kind of Andrea, and, and to some extent, Nyambi's chapters are about uh, these, these, Local uh, neighborhood changes, um, but I would say that um, people, e- even for example, when we uh, you know sent the book out, someone said, "Why are you guys talking about Durham so much? <laughs> you, know, du- mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's no why aren't you talking about Baltimore, or Chicago, more or New York? That's where most Black people live, but Durham is a mid-sized city and. Durham is a place that's more like other cities than Chicago or New York, right? That there aren't that many Chicago or New York's in this country, but there are plenty of Durham's, right? right? There are Tulsa's, there are, you know, um, Charlotte's, there are um, Richmond's, right? These are these kind of mid sized cities that are seeing vast neighborhood change. And what I like um, and think is helpful about, uh, you know, Sada's, um chapter in particular, is that we tend to kind of um, have a ethos that progress, that moving up in social mobility is gonna get black people equity and equality. And what we find and and what Sada finds is that um, when you show up into Air, you know, air quotes, nicer neighborhoods, um, You Black people may be policed, right? They're trying to live the American dream and they are policed by their neighbors or that, um, you know, middle-class white folks are moving in and they are going to police the people who have been living there. And so uh, an improvement in the neighborhood standing, uh, maybe in the neighborhood amenities may also come with some important challenges to the people who were already there. What I think is really important about Jessica's chapter is that she kind of gives us a remix on the South, that we all have this idea that um, Black people in the South are particularly oppressed. And what she shows is, one, is that, you know, there is racism all over this country, but turns out that because of the geography, of the, the way that the space is laid out in the South, There's actually greater opportunities for middle class black people, especially to own homes, to go to college, to uh, uh, to to use their degrees um, in an occupation that, um, you know, kind of matches what they're doing in a way that we don't necessarily see in the northeast or midwest.
0: Now, um, Chrissy writes the concluding chapter of the book, and and she's not with us to talk about it, but I I, I wanted you just to to maybe wrap up our conversation reflecting on something that that she wrote, because it does sort of cast um, sort of a way to think about the future. Uh, She writes, uh, each of the three largest U.S. cities has had one elected black mayor in their city's history, David Dinkins, Harold Washington, and Tom uh, Bradley, with no real contenders being groomed for the future. Currently, as of the writing of the book, of the top 15 largest U.S. cities, only one has a black mayor, Houston. W- what does the sort of the, the conclusion of the book and, and this, this part of it, these just facts, um, say about uh, uh, the, the direction of, of uh, your re- research and, and the research of the, the, this combined group of scholars Oh, for the next period of time, what is it? What are the themes going to be in the future if this is, is sort of where we are right now in terms of uh, leadership in, in cities?
2: So, I, I, I mean, I think also kind of what, what Chrissy says there um, in um, Andrea's chapter, which uh, shows that there's a, a majority-minority city um, that is gaining more in capital, uh, that we should expect Black people in this city to get more of what they want. And that's not what we're seeing. And what I think um, Chrissy's observation and um, Andrea's research and, and, and on all of the chapters together show is that there are new challenges that some of the things that we thought, okay, people get a greater opportunity to move into the suburbs, that people um, have more Black political representatives, that um, gentrification brings in new capital to cities. Um, and so we don't have the empty promise. Um, but there are new challenges that arise even um, even after we get the things that we thought that we wanted. Um, and, and maybe... Um, that the, the, the our study moving forward requires new definitions or perhaps just requires re-evaluation of our theories that, that we just thought that if we got A, then that would be a positive outcome for Black folks. And here, what we're seeing is is new challenges. And, and I think that what this means for political science and Black politics, generally speaking, is that we're going to have to... Uh, Go back and and and, and reassess um, some of some of our predictions, um, and and make new ones.
0: Yeah. the The title of the book again is Black Politics in Transition: Immigration, Suburbanization, and Gentrification. Uh, the book uh, is edited by Candace Watts Smith, who you've been hearing from, and Christina Greer. The book is published by Routledge University. Uh, sorry, Routledge Press. This year, two thousand nineteen. Candace, thank you so much for your time today.
2: Thank you, Heath.